This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Now, we've recovered from cup fever, but we've got travel sickness instead. Fourth in the league, six points off top and a game in hand. It really is crisis mode for Wrexham right now, isn't it? As we approach three years of the Rob and Ryan era, we wonder, will Wrexham ever win an away game again? I can't see it happening, Nath. How are you doing after your trip to Salford at the weekend? I really hope people take that with the sarcasm it was intended. I'm all right. I, I'm I'm glad we didn't have to record straight after. But yeah, it was so frustrating, but big picture time. You know, talking about three years of the ownership, three years of the pod this month as well. Should we? We should say. Um, it's it's not all doom and gloom, but what I will say is this is probably the most defining month the season I know you could have said that every single month but February four more away games to come if we play like we did against Salford we're going to head into March in it in a very worried state you've mentioned our away record I think you posted it on social as well recently maybe even in the wake of the Salford game it might have been or even after Blackburn and again what what annoyed me about Salford was the predictability of it all and this was the point I was trying to make at Blackburn. Of course, they were championship team. Ironically, it looks like they've sacked their margin now as well, so it didn't really give them much of a lift. But what annoyed me about Blackburn, what annoyed me about Salford, is we were just so predictable and gave such a bad account for ourselves. Of course, it's worse against Salford because they are a team we've beaten already this season, a team that we should be doing a lot better against. We will come on to potential solutions and what we think could be be used as as a method to try turn things around again maybe questions about the manager and if he will adapt the style of play or not I mean maybe sometimes we're too fixated on that as as supporters but I do think that there's certainly an argument to suggest a a change of personnel and and formation would would fix it but the day itself then Nate 
I mean, you've just moved to Manchester, for the listeners who don't know. Covering United, congratulations on that. Um, trying to be me a bit too much, <laughs> I would say, but but that's fine. Um, so Salford away, I mean, that ticks all the boxes. That's the perfect introduction back to Manchester life here. What was it like as a, as a day out? Because I was on my way to a 30th birthday party in Leeds, and as flash scores kept popping up with the goals, I wasn't really that jealous of you. No, and, and your text to me didn't give off any sense of jealousy. If anything, you seemed quite smug that you weren't there, and I was still behind the goal, um, quite cold. I moved into the flat in the morning, said a quick hello to my flatmate, and I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go watch Salford against Wrexham. Um, wasn't regretting it, but just everything about it. I was quite excited. Luke Bolton was there. There was a buzz. The you know The away end was packed. Roy Keane, Gary Neville, and Ryan Giggs were there in the home end, which... For a sellout, they did well to disguise certain people as empty seats. I don't know, there must have been some sort of arranged fancy dress. They did well there, really convincing. Um, but nonetheless, Wrexham was second best. Mate, from the moment we started, the toilets, uh, just the facilities that were on offer, just everything screamed the final score. Um, Wrexham was so poor. The toilet, the toilet screamed three one. Yeah, they did three. The, the toilet screamed three one away defeat, mate. Um, it was just, it was just really, really rough. And also to the person who told me that at halftime it was cash only, and then a friend of mine went anyway and paid on his card. Uh, I do not like you very much because I didn't get to eat anything at halftime. <laughs> um, but as for the match, mate, it was start to finish a blueprint on how you can completely nullify not only Paul Mullin, who I think must be apoplectic with the limited services get in and we'll talk about change of systems maybe later, but something has to change because you can't keep having all these games where he just does not get the ball that that can't go on. Um, but when, even when we did have the ball, it was, you know, um, that hot, the game hot potato. I'm hoping everyone knows what that is, but it was almost like we had that, or we were a little bit scared, especially our back three, Aaron Hayden back in there, Jordan Tonnicliffe back in there. We were just so keen to lots, boot Lots it. of people would say on paper that's our strongest back three, wouldn't they? It, Maybe not Toza. I know, I know he divides opinion a lot. Um, when we're playing well, he's the unsung hero. When we're playing bad, he's dreadful. But, but lots of people would say that is our strongest back line, wouldn't they, as well? I think, okay, so how we define it in terms of maybe physically... Yeah, maybe. But I think you need a ball playing centre-half to get it to George Evans, to get it so much of it. I mean, guys next to me either side, get it on the floor, get it on the deck. You know, Hayden keen to clear it very quickly. Tonicliffe keen to clear it very quickly. And for all the physicality we had, Theo Vassell scored and we conceded direct from a corner. So we conceded from two set pieces when really our strength should have been in both boxes. Um what did you make of the fear of a cell? No celebration, celebration. Very sort of a Charleston vibe from him. I mean, I think a lot of Wrexham fans will have kind of forgot he ever played for us anyway. I've given my thoughts on this before. I'm pretty sure I've given my thoughts on this before on the podcast. I don't really believe in these non-celebrations. Even if you're a club legend, just celebrate. You've scored a goal. Your career's assured. I, I don't mind it. I would celebrate uh, even if it came from a former club. So the fear of a cell not celebrating, I thought was an absolute farce. But there you go. What I thought was even more jarring than that was Elliot Watts calm down celebration to the away end after scoring direct from a corner which nobody means but was nonetheless I, I think you've got a yeah I think if if one of our players did that would be, if James McLean scores a 
she scores a corner and then tells the away fans to shush. I know, I know there's different contexts for him, obviously, but you know, I think it's one of those where Fair if it happens enough. against us, you've got to respect. I, I don't want to be the celebration police on this podcast, mate. Don't want to be about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. That I mean, I've, I've seen an argument on social media uh, lately that perhaps it would benefit having not only O'Con- O'Connor in defence, but maybe George Evans moved back to centre-back centre as well, just for the calmness he brings. I think you would lose a lot of how brilliant he's been in midfield, though. So I, I don't really buy into that myself, but maybe long-term you would want another Evans-esque player who could be the centre-back instead. Because I look at having... What kind of an... Not, not annoys me, per se. I mean, Hayden was excellent Crawley away. Let's not take that away from him. He's had highs this, this season. Everyone's had highs. Toza is the captain. You know, he he means a lot to this team. Parky absolutely adores him. Sometimes it feels like he's in the team only for his throw-ins and we just don't use those enough, which, you know, irritates me a bit. And sometimes his decision-making and, and just distribution is really poor. I just can't see him ever getting dropped, really, though. I just can't see it. And you've got to remember, we've been a lot... We've been good good more than we've been bad this season. So I don't want to go full rip it up, start right, again, right. parky out sort of vibes. That's just not us whatsoever. Tonner Cliff, he's obviously had these injury concerns, still concerned about his sort of longevity and how often we can rely upon him. And then Hayden, who blows hot or cold as well, doesn't he? I think in terms of his performances as of late. Um, so do we need these out-and-out centre-backs at times? I mean, given the style of play we have, or can you afford to have these ball-playing midfielders in defence just by the virtue of, look, if you've got the ball, you don't actually need them to be defended anyway? We've seen it time and again where players' stocks rise when they don't play. I always think back to Chesterfield away when we lost and we got soaked and you didn't bring a coat that day. Um, and... Luke Young didn't play, did he? And everyone suddenly after the game thought Luke Young has got to play and is, is very important. And then uh, similarly at the weekend, it was we've got to have Max. Max has got to play. And if the Bradford game goes ahead, because right now we're recording this on the Wednesday, I think the kids are already off in Flincher tomorrow for the snow or predicted snow. Who knows? It might be shovels on the ground on Saturday. Fingers crossed that goes ahead. But if it does... Most, I think most people, and I'm going to speak for most of the fans, I think most would want Max in there uh, for that game because he just hasn't really put a foot wrong recently. He's played well. I guess he, he is that defender who can play it out from the back. He's looked juvenile at times and he has looked raw and there's been a few shaky moments. I'm trying to think the game, but there was a home game recently where some of the fans around me certainly were on his back saying, you know, that's just not good enough. He He's, he's looking out for his depth here, but... I think, you know, if you're looking for a ball-playing centre-back, Max is your guy. The th- the thing is, with the centre-backs, and we've got so many, and we're talking about, you know, the summer rebuild, and a lot of them can go in the summer in XYZ, all of them have had poor games, and all of them have had great games. So at Accrington away, before Tom O'Connor went off, he had a poor game, didn't he? Right in front of us on that left side. This is poor... what concerns me the most, I mean. really. It's like, like, like we've said in the past, we've got, like... We've got a, a, a goalkeeper everyone agrees on. We've got Lee and Evans in midfield who everyone agrees on. We've got Mullin, probably maybe in Marriott now and, and Fletcher. Strikers everyone agrees on. But you could ask two fans for their preferred back three and they could name three entirely different players. There is not a standout. I still don't think there is a standout defender, really, who you would say they should be starting every single game because depending on the system and the opposition, you can almost argue for a completely different back three. Who do you think a, who do you think would be sort of the most picked player 
in the back three? Do you think it would be Tozer if people were, if you, if we polled no hundred reps? I, I don't think. I just don't think Tozer has it with a lot of supporters. The, I, I'd say genuinely now, just anecdotally. I'd say he's probably the most sort of abused Wrexham player from when I've been watching games. He is there's always a pile on 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 Ben Tozer from what I've seen when I've been watching games. Genuinely now, maybe I just sit next to very negative people. Maybe they just gravitate towards. <laughs> maybe me. you're next to but the anti Tozer clan. I don't know. I reckon the two most picked would be O'Connor and O'Connell, personally. Right. I I I'm, I'm tempted to say O'Connor because I think he's probably got that left side turn. What I will say quickly is. All right, really poor performance by everyone at Salford, but great to see Jordan Tonicliffe back because, you know, he has had that niggling back problem for much of the season, something that is now affected Anthony Ford and, is, you know, we'll get on to Anthony Ford in that situation. But, well, yeah, I think know, the back problems are no joke. as well would be. No, of course, I think, you know, if Tonicliffe didn't have his injury concerns, I think he would be the defender that everyone chooses. I think Parkey would as well. I think Parkey wants Tonicliffe to be the defender he relies upon the most, but he just can't do it because of the injury concern. So that that's the other... And it's turning into your catchphrase of mine. It's this, what availability is the best ability. I even used it in a, a piece I wrote about Raphael Varane. There week. you go, see. Like, there you go. Joint byline with you. But basically, that is the problem. Is Part of the reason why Tozer is loved by Parkey is because he's always available. And you can't underestimate that. You might prefer a back three without Tozer in it, but we saw, like against Knott, sooner or later he has to come back into the fold because he's the only one that you can rely on week in, week out. That is why Tozer is still priceless to Parkinson, whether you like him or not. I suppose the question, Nave, I do want to get to on, onto a conquo in a little bit, but I suppose the question in terms of our way record is do we not just change the setup? The, well, I think the answer is yes to that. Um, I would say that. I. <laughs> You know what was most frustrating about a lot of the away games that I've been to? And I know I didn't go to Walsall. You did go there. I went to Accrington. I was stood next to you. And there have been other games that I've been to. Notts County was great, right? Okay, so that was probably the, the highlight, will be the highlight away from home this season. But of the, but of the away what's, games... What's concerned about that is, sorry, on Notts County, it's looking like an anomaly now. Right. It's not looking... But what, like what I was... saw at Accrington and what I saw... And then there was mitigating circumstances at Accrington because we were missing certain players at, at fullback, at wingback. It is in those wide areas that we really struggle. And I think it does leave those the back three exposed so many times against Salford. All they did was put a long diagonal over the top, in between that gap between Ryan Barnett and Aaron Hayden. It meant Hayden was stretched out. It left Toza pretty isolated. And then Tunnicliffe's having to pull out the other side. I don't even remember the number 54's name now, like Luomba or something like Luomba. He had a field day, 1v1 against Tunnicliffe, who isn't you know, the paciest of, of central defenders. And what I would say is that the weekend, McLean was okay in spell. I mean, no one played well, but really he looked at Ryan Barnett, who I probably put the jinx on before the game saying Ryan Barnett masterclass incoming I love his game I love how daring he is with the ball and how he take people on but I tell you what that was way too cavalier um at the weekend because he was neither coming or going and Luke Bolton's just signed you needed to put in the display to say no you're gonna have to wrestle the shirt off me and I think frustratingly for him and he wasn't alone because everyone played quite poorly Frustratingly for him, he didn't seem to be coming or going. He wasn't defending, he wasn't attacking. I don't know what the hell he was doing. And the timing couldn't have been worse with that, I think. Well, this is one of the, my, my pet peeves. 
is whenever we got we get caught out on the sort of team breaks on us and Salford did a job on us because they went man to man, they pressed us high, they exploited the weakness in our back line, which is these players aren't comfortable distributing properly. We can't play from the back. We're good at getting it from front to back really quick, but we're not very good at that patient build at play. They exploited that. They did a job on us. There's a blueprint there, which concerns me. One of the other concerns, well, not concerns, I said pet peeve, is whenever you get those chances, like I said, when when they're running at, at us and the back three is isolated, it's, the, the criticism's always, oh, we've got such slow defenders. Toes are what you're doing. Toes are what you're doing. It's like, yeah, guys, James McLean and Barnett are so far forward. They've exposed them. There's not cover there. And that's why, for me, I think away from home, we need to double up in the wide areas. I would love to see Mendy and McLean on the left-hand side. I would love to see... I would have loved to have seen Ford and Bolton on the right. Obviously, that's not going to happen now with Ford out of the, the squad and with his injury situation. But I think it is a case of either... You can either change your three at the back almost into a five at the back, like a proper five at the back where you've got defenders rather than wing backs, or you change it to... I know it's fanciful, it's not going to happen, a 4 2 3 1 or something. Maybe I play too much FIFA. <laughs> but, you know, that sort of thing where McLean can just use his, his his sort of workman-like attacking ability on the left and doesn't have to defend as much. And when he does defend, he's helped to double up on someone. Because I just feel we are always, always, always exposed in those wide areas. And it happens at home as well. This isn't just what I think sometimes gets overlooked. Is I know we're amazing at home. But we still do play pretty much the same style of football home and away. It's not as if we we change this formation. We just Parky's like, well, we're playing away this week, so we won't we won't use the formula that works at home. You know, I mean, I think our tactical setup is limited and has its shortcomings. It's very good in places and susceptible in others. The reason it works most of the time is because we've got better players than everyone else. And when we get to League One, that won't be the case anymore, and we will need to be intelligent. I, I almost feel at times that we we do just beat teams because we've got not because we've got better setup, we've just got better players. And I think at home there's a lot of into that. The players are just used to winning there. There's so much confidence, so much self-belief. The the away teams have such a task on their hands to try to beat Wrexham. We don't change our style of play really when we when we go away from home. We try the same things, but for whatever reasons, we just don't have that confidence, that inner belief. It's always trickier playing away from home. And yeah, I just feel that we just need to be smarter with with our with our tactical. I mean, the, the, there's an expectation on Wrexham to win every game now. Of course, there is, and that's what we meant about the intro. That start of the season, you know, fourth in the, the, the table, a game in hand, we would have bit bitten your hand off. Like I, I wasn't even really. I had no pressure on us to go up the season. Now that we've been so high, I do feel it'll be very disappointing if we don't, and it will be a bit of a choke if we don't see this through because we we have got an unfair advantage on a lot of teams in, in this division. And we've got to use that right, and I, I appreciate that. But I think just the away form, just we've got to at least be seen to try something new. Rich. I think for Parky's sake, he needs to change change that for his own well-being. You know, look, we did our pre-season predictions. We both had Wrexham in the top three. So I'm not going to sit here. I'm not saying you are either. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I thought Wrexham could come up and just make up a number and get in the top 10, maybe just get into the playoffs. And if we get knocked out of the playoffs. No, I think with the squad we've built, if we don't go up, that's massively disappointing. And that isn't entitlement. That is, look at the squad that's been built. You've just gone and got Jack Marriott. You spent that, basically, you've basically gone and spent that 500k you were going to spend on 
um, on Luke Armstrong. You spend that on Luke Bolton and Jack Marriott. That is a club in the top three going into the new year that's going for it. That's going for it. You've got George Evans, you've got Elliot Lee. You've got multiple contenders to be in team of the season for League Two at the end. You know, God, if Wrexham can manage to win the league or get in the top three, you've got potential player of the season odds in there. Maybe it's Elliot Lee, maybe it's George Evans. You've got a goalkeeper from Arsenal who we're raving about, and I know is that it, we'll get onto a conquer in, in a second, but you know, most ninety nine percent of people are raving about. And Phil Parkinson's got great experience. For us, I think it would be incredibly disappointing, and I wouldn't subscribe to this notion that it's fine, it's okay, it's our first year backup. No, we were told that this squad was being built for League One when we're in the National League. So we need to get there. And that's not this entitlement. That is, look at the squad we've got. Look at the budget we've got. Look at the money we've spent. Look at the rivals. There's some very good teams in there. Stockport, I predicted, would win the league. I think they'll do that. I still think we'll get the top three. Mansfield, the good they've strengthened in January. Got a new striker. MK Dons, who play them soon. I think they're I think they're my dark horse to get in the top three. Maybe ahead of Mansfield. Notts County is struggling a little bit more. They've had, they've lost their manager and things like that. More mitigating circumstances. But for Wrexham, I cannot sit here. And I said this at the pub in the pub with the Manchester Reds at the weekend. I cannot look someone in the eye and say I'd be fine if Wrexham don't go yeah. up. I, I think that'd be incredibly disappointing. I think as the season's gone on, I've I've certainly become more of that belief. Certainly at the start of the season, I was look. I'm just happy to be here. Playoffs would be brilliant win the lottery then but the way the season's gone the amount of money we've got the amount we've spent you know you can't just say oh it, it just from from what we've invested in the club it won't just it just won't be good enough like I, said, I still think we will go up i really do think we'll get automatics um anywhere from third to first be my guess i i, I can't see us winning the title but i'm i'm not asked if we don't you know if we get automatic that's that's amazing but i do feel that whatever happens next this is just like i said the concern for me is, I think a lot of the times that we beat teams, we've got a fantastic style of play when we use it properly, but it's also got this weakness to it. And I do think there have been a lot of games where we do just beat teams because we've got better players. We've got this cheat code where Elliot Lee comes up and scores a goal, comes up clutch. Stephen Fletcher, you know, just scores a hat-trick because he's Stephen Fletcher. And in League One, that advantage in terms of personnel just won't be as apparent. There'll still be a bulk of teams that we've just got better players than, but there'll be other teams who have better players and maybe even better tactics than us. So we've almost sort of bullied our way up the leagues because we've just been so much better than everyone. And if you invest enough and everything in the club is marginally improved, you will see that that improvement. But there's going to be a very big leap, I think, between League Two and League One. And I just think that, you know, I want to be proven wrong. Because I love Phil Parkinson, and I know there's always talk of how far he can take us, etc. I still think that he's shown enough to suggest he can take us another step from from where we are now. But this away form for me, Nate, what what what's concerning in terms of the away form is we were talk about this in season one under Parkinson. We talk about it last season under Parkinson. I know that we still finished the league. With, we won the national league with 111 points. But we were still saying, look, away performances just aren't the same. And, you know, there's always going to be some drop off because it's just you're comparing it to the best home record 
you know, in, in sort of British football. I know that there's other clubs who might sort of argue against that, but given the actual opposition Wrexham face as well, it's the be- for me, it's the best home record given the quality of teams we face. So the, it's always unfair to, to compare away record to home record in that sense. But the away performances under F- Phil Parkinson have been a concern throughout his tenure, really. We're going to have to move on segments very, very shortly. But I, what I will say is this, is that I don't think we set up differently I don't, I don't you know there's not a all right lads put that back in the bottle and we'll keep that for the next home game and all guns blazing at Bradford and then let's um you know let's let's trip ourselves or let's tie our laces together for these four get away games and let's, let's really not do do well um but the issue that's facing I think Parky gave a pretty honest interview after Salford that all right it's not right something's not it's not right it's not working clearly evidently because we've been bullied off the park by a team that was like 18th in the league, in the table but when you look at it, too many players, for whatever reason, the system, it's not they're not getting the best out of them. Paul Mullin barely gets a touch. I don't think he had many attempts at all. Even when they did play down the channel, he's so isolated, he can't get the ball. There was a point where he flicked it on and Dalby is way behind the play. He can't get up there. No, Dalby did a score eventually, but Mullen's flicking it on and then he's having to go and chase it himself. feels like back to the early days. You look at Elliot Lee, he's got, what, 13 League 2 goals this season? I think four of those are away. I can think of Wimbledon away. When it took a was it a wicked deflection or it it was a weird goal that one. There was a penalty away at Barrow. I think he scored at the first in the win at Notts County, and I'm missing one. Um, I think there's four of the thirteen. Somebody will tell me when they listen to this. That I'm kicking myself now. Um, but you know, again, Elliot Lee been amazing this season. I think our player of the season. Oh, Harrogate two two when we drew there. Um, but again, he, he he's not been as effective away from home Mullin hasn't the wing backs have looked you know Jason McLean at home I think has been brilliant he was great at Tranmere away but Stockport away and others you know he struggled too many are below the level and that's what I would be looking at this week on the training round I'd say look lads we've got four games coming up two of which are against teams scrapping for their lives in Forest Green and Sutton we've then got MK Dons that will be licking their lips at home fancying it because there'll be a big away crowd and they'll just fancy that. I, I really like Max Dean up front for them under Mike Williamson now. And then you're going to look at what's the other game? Chillingham. All right. Well, you know, they'll just be like any team and want to upset Wrexham and spoil the party. Too many are not reaching their potential. And so for me, internally, if I was a staff member at Wrexham, I'd be saying, why is that? And what can we do? Do we need to change shape? Do we need some different patterns of play? Quick triangles, quick get it out to this. And then, you know, this way you need to be just phases of play that we can implement in game. I don't know what it is or set piece routines or something to get you going because too many of these players are looking frustrated. And you know what is worst of all for me? The the most gut-wrenching thing that I felt when I left the Salford game is that I saw players there that in my opinion, I've not spoke to any of them, so I don't know. I felt like they didn't fully trust one another. I think there's frustration creeping in. They're playing passes maybe that they think they should be getting or, or or what. I don't know. But I hope that that was just a bad day at the office and it's not something that is creeping in more and more. Yeah, like we, like we said, we're only fourth in the league. Yeah, we're being positive. We're this still is, six this, months off the top. This is us being positive, is it? This is, is like not get yeah. the memo. No, that, yeah, no, like I said, I, I agree with that. And maybe we do. We've got to be real. But Rich, defeats. we've got to be real. But, We're fans. Yeah. We're fans. And I would say this. I know people are going to be listening and saying, what did you make, I can't what, believe it. Yeah. You know, that you two was, what uh, did you make of the new signings? 
Uh, and where do you see them fitting in? Like, I think Bolton comes straight in to start. I know we'll get into proper preview later. Bolton's got to be ahead of Barnet right now. Marriott, though, how do you actually include him into the team? Do you just put him up top with Mullin? Or I mean, is it one from, on the bench? from what I saw, uh, not great from either, but I would start both against Bradford. I'd give him a go, just starting from the off, and then I'd bring Fletcher on. Um, I would say Oli Palmer did not look impressed to be left out of the squad. I don't know what was going on there, but he sat on the bench. Uh, fairly pouty. That was pointed out by a lot of people there. It was it was noticed uh, during the warm-up. He wasn't very happy at all. Um, but I would still say you've got to give Marriott because Marriott had probably one chance where he should have taken the shot and he passed it and the pass went out of play, which gained a few groans from the away end. But you've got to give these lads time. You've got to give them chances. And I would say the chance to do that is both at home, packed Kairas. Go for it. A quick one then, just before we move on. Would you, if we talk about Wrexham, might want to change their setup away from home? Is there a, a preferred formation for you? I you'd actually like to see. I would go a three-four-three. Three. I don't think you can change the back three now. I think we're too embedded in it. Um, and I would go with sort of two attacking players off the striker, which we did at Wimbledon. I just think we were at a different point in our development at that point in the season. We were just we weren't clicking at all. And we had McLean. Can I, have a can, I, can I be unfair and put you on the spot yeah, for like go a for hypothetical um, lineup then? Um, I, I would... What's our next away game then? Sutton. 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 We, we won't be on the plane down there, sadly. I think no. Lotto's got that email confirming no. we won't be invited. No. Um, um, let us know if you are, though. Intrigued. I've not seen anyone say they are on that plane. No, so. I've seen nobody. I thought, mate, are they, do you reckon they've got like NDAs and hush hush and all that? Are we that sophisticated? I don't know. Probably not, but I don't know. Yeah, surely. Could not. you imagine if I? Um, could you imagine yeah. if we'd have entered and won though? Like just, and they had had honoured it. That would have been crazy. Never mind, eh? Um, what you put me on the spot for my eleven. The thing is, if I did this the other way around to you, you'd flat out refuse. But I'm going to honour it, and I would say I would go Arthur Conquo. I would go a back three of, um, I would go back three of Owen O'Connell. Max Kluwerth and Ben Tozer. I would I would try and play the margins with the long throw. I would play probably Max on the left, maybe O'Connor on the right. I would go Bolton. I would try um, ahead of Barney. And I would go Mendy on the left because I do think you're just going to need that recovery pace and somebody slightly more defensive-minded. I think Mendy's been buoyed probably by his, his AFCON experience. I would then go... Um, I would then go George Evans and James Jones as a kind of midfield two. And then I would play... Who would I play? I would play Elliot Lee and... You know what? I'm going to go Elliot Lee and... James McLean playing off Paul Mullen. That's what I would go with. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Um, yeah, maybe let us know as well who your what your tactics would be. How would you actually transform Wrexham's away form? We'll read some of those out on on the podcast next week. Nath, another little subject I wanted to touch upon was Arthur Conquo. Like I said, I was disappointed at Blackburn because we both know how brilliant he is. And it was just disappointing that he didn't have the best game in front of a, a big audience. Salford, he made some decent saves, actually. He did. But 
there were moments as well that, that cost us. We got this email from Chris Moxie uh, about a week ago. Uh, this is on the back of the Blackburn game, actually, but it's it's a pertinent point to make now as well. Chris emailed us, robryanred at gmail.com. He said, I hope that the supporters recognise that at this point in his career, Okonkwo is a high-variance goalkeeper. His upside is incredible, but is balanced by the likelihood of occasional moments of significant downside. There is a considerable chance that he may do something that costs us a game this season. If that happens, the supporters need to rally around him and lift him up. Number one, he's a kid. And um, number two, that upside-downside bargain is one we make happily in the good times. He said Arthur obviously didn't cost us the Blackburn tie on his own, but he came in for a fair stick on socials. First time I can remember seeing that at all. So yeah, I think he makes a good point there that I think it's a very pertinent point to have with a lot of players in the team is that they are League Two footballers. And the difference between a League Two footballer and a Championship footballer is not their actual quality, it's their consistency. We've seen that. We've seen Elliot Lee, Paul Mullen, George Evans can play to a championship standard, but doing it every single week that separates players in the professional game quite quite often. Obviously, there's exceptions of highly talented people, but consistency is probably the biggest variable in professional football that, that gives players different opportunities, takes them down different career paths. And maybe sometimes we need to remember that. We are still watching League Two football, and I feel like we are almost damaged, Naif, by this perception of, we are we've got a championship level squad. I know sometimes it drops down to a league one level squad. Well, right now we've got a, a league two level squad, and it's the fourth best team in league two. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, and and you know you can you you can extrapolate that out to all the sport. That's what separates the top top players from you know. And we're watching Manchester United. And you, you talk about stick on socials. I mean, the higher up these players go, it always makes me laugh that um, you know that people get very affronted by any stick of their favourite player. If you go up the leagues, the scrutiny will only intensify. I know that I know Wrexham are getting abnormal level of scrutiny for a League Two team because they're far and wide now. But if Wrexham ever end up top end of the championship or, or in the Premier League, God, the 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 level of um sort of tactical analysis and hit pieces that would be written would just quadruple. It'd be unbelievable. Um <laughs> it, it it really would. So you know, I, I'm a big believer in that criticism when it's valid is perfectly fine. People can criticize my work or your work or whatever, and that's fine if it's valid. And players have performed poorly, and I think it's fine. And we've credited, you know, we've given so much praise out to players when they've played well. In in the issue of a conquo, yeah, he's he's in a he's in a tough he's in a tough moment as any young goalkeeper is. You know, think about uh, talking about Man United, David Ayer when he started out was crucified. I remember a game at West Brom, I think I was covered. I think I was watching at the time and early on and, and he was getting hammered for, for not being good enough as a young goalkeeper and then look what happened there eventually. Um with a conquo, I think the first goal, it was the Theo Vasogel that was more disappointing than the second one. The second one, you get beaten on a corner. I mean that's freak. You know, you get caught out scoring someone scoring direct from a corner. A bit like the celebration. You've just got to accept that. You just got to swallow it. It wasn't your day, and that was just underlined proof that it wasn't going to be your day. The first one, yeah, it was such a narrow angle to get beat by. Maybe I don't know. I haven't even brought myself to watch the highlights. Or like, oh, I saw it live. That was my eye test. It was right in front of us. It was disappointing. But again, 
he's so talented. He's so talented and so many people want him. And, you know, I understand that lots of people are watching him for the for the coming months. Hey, if it lowers his chance of <laughs> the cost we have to pay for him, whatever. I don't, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's enough body of work that people know how great he is. And yeah, exactly. It, you know. And also, Naif, what is it? We've lost two league games in succession for the first time since Phil Parkinson took charge. Isn't it something like right the first time that? in like 91 games or something like that? I feel like it might be something like yeah. 90 games or 91 games or something. So I know to come full circle and all that, it's like, chill out, guys. It's going to be fine. Is that your message there to are me? Long term... Is that your message to well, me? Well, I'm just so of two minds right now because like, well, like we've said, and we've said it on every single point, really, you can still have valid criticism and be concerned. And I've got long-term concern for Wrexham. But in the short term, I think everything's going to be okay. Right. I think we still go up the season. I still there are I. long-term issues that need, that, that need addressing. So we shall see how that, that all plays out. While we're talking team news then, Nath. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Anthony Ford news dropped this week, and that is that he wasn't registered in, in the Wrexham squad. He's got this back injury that that has ruled him out. It was shock news to all of us. Obviously, from maybe a cynical point of view, it means there's an extra spot in the squad now for Wrexham to potentially register a free agent. I know I've sent you the name Lee Evans a few times since he's been released by, by Ipswich, but it's a really interesting dynamic, isn't it? And a real shame for, for Anthony because that is he's worked so hard to to overcome so many things in his career and to get back into the squad. And now it's just been taken away from him. Yeah, I was I, I was stunned, really. I had no inkling that, um, you know, I kind of got an idea of the 22. Bickerstaff went out on loan, so that opened up the spot for Marriott. Bolton... Uh, came in for Macalinden and Bryce wasn't, you know, in the squad anyway. Should say congratulations to Bryce Hosanna getting a deal at AFC Filed. I hope you stay injury free, my friend, and you, you know, get to kick on because real player there and, you know, you, you can rip it up for them. Um but back to Ford, it's incredibly disappointing. And again, the back issue. I think anyone who listens to this that's had any issues with their back the slightest twinge causes panic. Mate, I've been carrying this podcast for three years. Oh, My back's killing me. I've been carrying I'm in a wheelchair from all the back problems I've got carrying this podcast. Um, but anyone who has that, you know, in, in, joking aside, it, the slightest twinge can cause panic. 
and I'm, you know, Ford's had injections and you're hoping it settles down and, you know, you just don't want to feel any pressure on the back because it can have serious, it can do serious damage and there's way more to life than football. We've seen that with Anthony already with his wife and her benign tumour and, you know, a newborn baby, Paddy. Uh, there's so much going on and the last thing he would have wanted, I, look, if I was to give you a prediction now, I think Ford does end up in the squad. I really do. I think they, they're just leaving themselves as much wiggle room as possible. I've had a few people ask me, he is under contract for next season. He is under contract until the end of 2025. So who knows? Look, if he doesn't play again this season, that's and not to say... Is as well, man. That's not to say that he's played the last game in a Wrexham shirt and all that. I don't think that's the case at all because he's got yeah. so much just, to offer. It, gives us the, it leaves us that leeway, doesn't it? If an exceptional opportunity arises that we're in a position to potentially take it if 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 we can do. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure on the legislation with free agents. I believe we can sign a free agent and register them, can't we, between now and the end of the season, if you've got that slot available. I think you've got until the second week of March or something, or the it's something sometime yeah, in so, early March. So Wrexham effectively have like a month now to, if the right player becomes available, like we said, an exceptional player who would have to be better than the Ford for the rest of the season and be available, would have to be in a key area and would likely have to be a starter at this stage for, for it to sort of be worth that risk to take. It gives Wrexham a month to get that wild card addition, potentially, but, you know, like I said, Ford could be that addition. I think, anyway. what, I think what is interesting is that I was kind of looking at other clubs and other clubs only name like 18 18 19 and, and and if we did that we'd be going oh my god like you know who's going to come through the door and for some clubs they just want to give themselves the wiggle room they don't want to max out the 22 because what if yeah what if lots of Will Evans... lots of managers are, there's a few sort of old school managers as well who are just like well i only want sort of 18 19 players because only 11 can play and i need six seven subs so mm. It's, Having a big squad can cause problems, as, yeah. as Wrexham have seen with moving players on and getting players out on loan and not even being able to register some very good players this season. You know, and it, it does, again, um, show you why they went and got Luke Bolton and why they really you know, aggressively went for that deal at the end. That makes a lot more sense now. I think the biggest frustration, and this will be going forward and into hopefully into League One and then in a few years, hopefully into the Championship, there has to be a better way to keep players that aren't registered or aren't involved, get them back up to speed. You know, reserve games seem few and far between. We had one recently, didn't we, away at Huddersfield where Will Boyle played. Um, but they aren't regular. And so I do wonder how Ford can get himself back fit. And it, again, the club even put that McFadzian is an option. If a, if uh, you know, if, if a free agent doesn't become available, Ford isn't fit. McFadden is there eligible to be registered um, just to round out the 22. And I would imagine that they do fill out the 22. I think it'll be Ford, but I think if Ford isn't fit and there's no free agent available, I don't think they would hesitate in in picking up McFadden to, to just sort of round out the squad. Because if you're not registered by the end of March, you're not going to be eligible to even be in a squad, even in an emergency. So I, I really am sending Anthony the best. I, I really hope that he can get his back issue under control, but I know that that you know they are not to be not to be messed with so Nate, the good news for Wrexham is we are back at home this weekend uh, as long as the game goes ahead Hallelujah. as you mentioned a lot of snow forecast to fall in the north wales area between now and the weekend by the time you listen to this north wales is probably caked in in snow anyway 
Bradford at home, an interesting one. I really felt it was a missed opportunity, Bradford away, because they were there for the taking. We made them look a lot better than they were. We saw that great goal by Mullen. They came straight back into it. Was that Mendy at right wing back got exposed as soon as he came onto the pitch? Thanks for that bad reminder. Memes, bad memes. Thanks for the reminder. But Bradford, but Bradford at home this weekend, I think like I said Bolton and Marriott involved, hopefully a lift for the supporters and maybe a bit of a reality check for us all to look. Three years of Robin Ryan now. We've come a long way. We're fourth in League Two. Let's chill out. The crisis is, is, not, is not ringing yet. But... Ahead of the game, you've been getting a bit of an opposition preview, haven't you? Yes. Uh, well, Bradford, one of the few teams that have beaten us already at the race course this season, albeit on penalties, and have a manager that is has the opportunity to come to the race course and win twice in Graham Alexander. So quirky in that sense. Also, before I get onto my chat with Phil, who some people know from the Hard Truth podcast with Peter Brown and Darren McAnthony, he's a big um, Bradford fan. It was brought to my attention um, via the Wrexham Lowdown Twitter account, which is very, very good, that in that Bradford game, Rich, we were the, a, a horrendous penalty was given against Aaron Hayden um, that allowed, and it's the same referee, Mr. Speedy, that is uh, officiating the game this weekend. So if anyone wants to direct any abuse at anyone this weekend, uh, I would suggest the referee uh, as retribution. But I spoke to Phil about what's going on at Bradford. How is Graham Alexander settling in? Why are the fan base not taking to him? And what's the situation with Jake Young? Right then, two games this week, the first one of which they've already into the race course this season and they knocked Wrexham out. Uh, I've got many thoughts on how that happened. Knocked Wrexham out of one of the competitions already. Phil uh, is from the Hard Truth podcast with Darren McAnthony and I know a lot of people listen to that and actually a Wrexham fan recommended us to speak to Phil ahead of the Bradford game. Phil, Bradford, you've already won at the race course once this season. Mm-hmm. Confident of a repeat? Um, no, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I would love to say that, um, you know, I'm confident to repeat performance, but well, football's football. And, you know, we probably all learned a long time ago not to be surprised by anything. Um, we're on a really bad run of form. We haven't won in the league since uh, before Christmas. I think it was something like December 21st. So that's spanning seven, eight, nine games, something like that. And it's not been pretty, but then things happen and performances come out of nowhere and Maybe that's going to happen on Saturday, but my, my co- level of confidence is relatively low. Now, Rich isn't here to defend himself, but he actually put Bradford in his top three in our preseason predictions. Season starts with Mark Hughes, known well in these parts. In, I mean, a lot's happened from what I can see on Bradford Twitter, but in a short, in a shortened, condensed version, what's gone on this season for it to sort of go awry? So, you know, last year we got in the playoffs and it was the first time we got in the playoffs since we'd been back down in League Two. And, um, you know, it always felt that we did that in spite of performances. You know, we had Andy Cook, who scored a lot of goals. We had Harry Lewis in goal, who was had a wonderful year last year as a goalkeeper. And those two kind of carried us to the playoffs. I think that come the summer, you know, there's a question of, uh, you know, does Mark Hughes want to go again? Is he ready to go again? Does he want another season of you know, kind of struggling in League Two. And I think he made a decision that he's ready to come back for some more. Um, The recruitment was, you know, what was interesting is last year, I think that we just needed a couple of pieces to kind of take us to the next level. Instead, he kind of took a different approach in formation and that 
led to bringing in a lot of new players. Players didn't necessarily fit the formation. It didn't really work out. Then change, Then decided just before transfer deadline day, it's going to change the formation again. Then you bring in loan players to try and fit gaps that hadn't been recruited for. And uh, it feels like that was a little bit of a beginning of the end. Um, we just square pegs, round holes. We probably tried to change too much. And I think a belief that when Carlisle got promoted through the playoffs last year, they did it with a back three that was a relatively slow back three. Um, and the belief that we didn't necessarily need a lot of pace or uh, you know, culture in that back three if we're going to go to a back three. And so uh, recruited based on that. And I think that's been a big undoing for us as well. So lots of small things have added up to a point where we're in a bit of a mess at the moment. A mess headed up by Graham Alexander, who I am loath to say has already beaten Wrexham as well at the race course this season. Um, very much burst our bubble on day one of return to the Football League. Um, what's been the early impression of Graham Alexander then? Because he's he's not a, you know, a carbon copy of Mark Hughes, but he is someone who, since he's probably left Salford, has divided opinion really with the fan bases he's, he's been with. He's probably the closest to Phil Parkinson we've had since Phil Parkinson. You know, and what I mean by that is um, pragmatic style. It might not be the prettiest, but it, it has worked for him in the past. And so when it's a, it's a polar opposite of Mark Hughes, which was, um, uh, you know, probably trying to play a style of football that a League Two player wasn't particularly suited to. Um, and so Graham Alexander, I think, is very much the League Two clog it and um, be as pragmatic as you can and, um, you know, not necessarily have a fixed style of play. I, I don't think the ball has seen much of the ground over the last few, uh, the turf over the last few weeks. And so, you know, I look at that and think, is this, you know, when Phil Parkinson came the first time around, he came, he had a really bad run. It was ugly and people were calling for his head. And then, you know, but then he started to get his own team in place. And that's when we went on kind of the, the rise that we went on over seven or eight years from where we are now to, uh, you know, a kick away basically from the championship. So either Graham Alexander is going through his first, this is kind of dealing with other people's players um, uh, first half season, and it's all going to turn around next year uh, because when he starts to get his own players, or oh, this is what we stuck with. If this is what we stuck with, you know, people are already grumbling about should he get sacked and he's only been in the job for what feels like five minutes, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of love for him at the moment. Um, I think there's mostly people are willing to give him time, but it's not been a great start. Really, really interesting, I found, was the... And this wasn't all Alexander's fault, but he was in a tough position where Jake Young gets recalled from Swindon. I think he was top scorer in the league at that point, always very close to first or second. Comes back, it looks like all the indication is that Bradford are going to cash in on him and they're going to sell him and he wasn't involved and there was talk of niggles and this and that and people weren't really buying that and Alexander's having to juggle that. Jake Young has now played, which means the window's, you know, the window's closed. It was only Bradford or Swindon. He, he stayed. Play for anybody else anyway. Couldn't play for anyone else, exactly, once he played. I mean, there's a there's a player there, surely, that you know, Bradford are crying out for goals. You've got one of the top scorers in the league. Yeah, it's uh, and we've got Andy Cook still from last year, who was the top scorer in the league. Um, you know, Jake Young's kind of a curious case because he came in with a lot of potential, um, didn't really fulfil it, went on loan last year to Barrow, didn't do anything at Barrow, um, came back and was basically told at the beginning of the season, if you can find a new club, you know, good luck to you. And we were actually 
looking at him going down to the National League. Um, and he found himself a spot at Swindon, and obviously he made the most of that. Um, did very, very well at Swindon. And you look at it and think, is that just is that somebody who had just the form of his life for six months? Or is that the player that he really is? And I think there's a little bit of debate around that, which goes into the valuation. You know, when other people, when we're looking to sell him then, are people looking at him as somebody that is a, you know, a million pound plus player because that's, you know, he can play, he can go all the way to the championship at least, or did he have a good spell? And, you know, is he a, you know, a 100, 200,000 pound player based on that? So I'm not really sure what kind of offers we got in. I think we were probably trying to let him go and to sell him if we could get, um, um, you know, an off- offer that we felt was appropriate and that never came. And that probably is then what led to us um, saying, okay, well, we're going to go with him and we're going to give him a chance. And to be honest, the last two or three games when he's played should have been pretty bad. He's been the bright spark. There you go. I mean, he's coming into a team that is, what, 18th in League Two? And I know Swindon aren't that much better, but at least he was free-flowing, scoring goals with Swindon. I'm curious to know that, as I said, Rich had you in that top three, and and we're going to go up with Wrexham. It's not worked out like that, but if Bradford fans were offered now a trip to Wembley in the Bristol Street Motors trophy, and you get a win there at Wembley, and you stay up, would Bradford fans take that at this point now where we are at the beginning of February? At the beginning of February, yeah. I don't. I, I, maybe it's naive. I don't think that the trapdoor is too close for going out of the league. Um, however, you know, you carry on losing when you when you don't win in eight and that run continues, you know, you sneak closer and closer to that. Um, I think at the start of the season, it was definitely, we all thought playoffs and above was, you know, realistically should have been the target. Although a much harder league this year than last year, obviously with yourselves coming up, with Notts County coming up, with Notts County going, sorry, with Stockport going again, uh, a lot more money in the league, but we still thought playoffs. Now I think if we get to Wembley, um, I think that's the hope, you know, of the club. Get to Wembley, still get some feel-good factor, uh, have that feel-good factor, then play into season ticket renewals for next year and, you know, hopefully go again. Because without that, I think that, they're going to start having a tough sell on getting the number of season tickets that they've had the last few years with the season that we've had this year. No, oh, a Wembley run something to get excited about, surely. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's you, you've had many a great cup run. We think back to that League Cup with Parky. You know, that 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 is enough to to park the misery in League Two. And and on League Two, you, you mentioned it's, it's a harder league this year. It's been really, really interesting, I think. I mean, tricky for us because we go and get hammered by Salford and we lose at say Accrington but it is such a competitive division this year it's interesting when you look at the spread of points in the league you know other I saw something going around on Twitter maybe last week but you know everybody's out of form basically or what that basically means is everyone is beating everybody more so than ever um, before there isn't really uh, you know people running away with it so it's close which is good from a competitive perspective but League Two is just, you know, anything can happen. There isn't that much quality difference between the players, I think, up and down the league. Um, and it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating when you get, I mean, I know you've had years and years and years in National League, so even more frustrating. But you kind of get stuck in something and you don't, you can't really see a way out of it. But you know as a football club that it's frustrating, you know, when you're playing against the teams that you're playing in week in, week out. Um, in League Two and still in 18th place in the league. Yeah, I was just looking at your team then um, while you were talking. It, it, it drew nil-nil with 
AFC Wimbledon, who are a good team, and I've actually got them finishing in the playoffs. I think they'll be really, really good bet in, in the playoffs. Um, and it was Jake Young up top, and you had like Harry Chapman playing off, and um, Gilead, or if I've got that wrong, but uh, Gilead uh, play, playing off, and Andy Cook was on the bench. Is that, as a fan, is that what you're expecting at Wrexham? You're expecting a kind of one up, maybe two off, because that's something the a big debate among Wrexham fans that when we're away from home, I know we're not this weekend, but when we're away from home, say Tuesday, maybe that's a, a, an approach we could go with where one and maybe two off. It just seems interesting that Cook has dropped to the bench. Yeah, it was, and it was the first time for a little while he's been dropped. And I think that the manager said that, you know, we're not a one-man team and uh, sometimes he needs a rest and he hasn't really been in that good a form. So it wouldn't surprise me if we, I think that Graham Alexander's experimenting at the moment is, is still trying to figure out what have I got? What's the best, um, uh, you know, who's, who goes where, um, bring playing people out of position to see if that works and just trying to see what he, what he can do because nothing has really worked the last few weeks. So I imagine that that's going to continue. I think that we will probably end up playing Jake Young and maybe we'll put somebody else up there alongside him. Harry Chapman started, uh, but he was pulled off at half time against um, um, AFC Wimbledon. Um, and, you know, the comment from the manager was he's not fit enough to play a full game. So I think there's been a lot of calls about the fitness that Graham Alexander's inherited. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he starts again. Um, we've also got a young lad called Bobby Poynton who um, has done really, really well this season. And I think he's been unlucky that formations have changed um, around him and has limited his... Um, you know, his starts that he's had, but we try to find a place for him. If he comes on, he's a handful, or if he even starts, he's a handful. So he's somebody to watch out for just behind um, Young as well. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, Graham Alexander's come with MK Dons and got the better of Wrexham in a frantic game that finished 5-3. If Bradford are to do the race course double, I mean, that, that would that would cause chaos for Wrexham. We're already three defeats on the spin in all competitions. How are they going to do it? How can Bradford? Is it have they got the tools to sit in and frustrate Wrexham, or are they just going to have to go hell for leather, sort of like MK Donson and try and blitz us early doors? So we've definitely tightened up at the back. Um, so I'm a little bit more confident at the back than I may have been a few weeks ago. I think that the where we are struggling is we're always conceding early goals. You know, we're always kind of sitting back at the beginning and, and uh, inviting pressure. And so I think, you know, the first 15 minutes or so is probably going to be a good tell for the rest of the game. You know, if it's all Wrexham, if you're really going for us, I think that there's only so much time we can with, uh, withstand that pressure. And we always seem to put ourselves behind. Um, we've, I think as we've tightened up the last few weeks, that's taken away from our um, finishing ability or, you know, the chances that we create. So if we win, it, I mean, famous last words, I would imagine it's more likely to be a you know, a one niller than a five four. So there you go, Rich. I mean, he's not overly optimistic, and it sounds like Graham Alexander has kind of divided the fan base. Andy Cook dropping to the bench recently. I bet he plays on Saturday if the game goes ahead. Bradford's a funny one because, as I mentioned to Phil, I didn't want to throw you under the bus because you weren't there to defend yourself. But you know, you did have them as potentially a top three contender. They're very, very low down. Pure vibes, mate. Pure vibes. Pure vibes. They're very, very low down in the table. They might be what seventeenth or eighteenth. It's been a funny old season for them, hasn't it? 
Yeah, they're 18th at the moment in time. And if we talk about Wrexham's away record, Bradford are only marginally better. They've taken 18 points on the road this season. We've taken 17 and they've played two more games than us. So Bradford have arguably a worse away record than Wrexham, given the context of, of the games played. I would also say, just to nudge your things, I, I was meant to bring this up, but I forgot to. Um, Wrexham, the second lowest score is away from home in League Two this season. We've only scored 12 on the road. Only Gillingham have scored fewer than that in, in the away games this season, um, just just for context. But yeah, you know, I just feel, I do feel that we will be almost everyone at home. I think there probably will be one game between now and the end of the season where we just don't, we don't win at home or we lose even perhaps. But I do think that the advantage for us, and again, when we talk about this reality check is we've got a lot of away games coming up but they should be favourable away games. I know there's always the devil's advocate sort of, yes, but we're playing against teams fighting for their lives. I don't want to be too disrespectful here, but they're Forest Green. We should be we should be beating them. Like there's just no excuse. They might you might say they want it more, but they, they can want it more if they want. We are still a better team than them, so we should be beating them. We've just got to be ruthless. And the home games, you know, that is what we are so strong at. We are the best in League Two at that. We play a lot of teams around us where we can open up this margin even more. And there's teams such as sort of Bradford, who are these lower table, lower to mid-table teams who we should be swatting aside as we have done for, for much of the season. And I suppose the advantage as well with it being a home game is we don't even have to be at our best to beat lots of the teams We because we've played really poorly. You think of sort of Salford at home, but we just find a way, a way to win. And yeah, I, you know, I, I think that this weekend... I don't want to be too cocky, but, you know, I do think we just win quite comfortably. This is getting clipped up, printed out, put in quotation marks and stuck on the Bradford dressing room door, I'm sure, as they head out. Um, this is what Richard Fay, Rob Ryan read out to say about you. Um, I think that Wrexham will come out. I think Wrexham have heard all the noise this week. I, I'm sure players have seen all the criticism and heard the boos. There were there were boos in that away end at full time at Salford. They heard that. They came over. They clapped anyway as they would have done, um, whether we'd have won or lost. And they've heard all that. And I think they will be coming out like caged animals, mate. I think they. I think if Bradford can weather the storm, then we'll have a game on our hands. But I think that first 15 minutes, my prediction is that we're going to hit two very, very quick goals in those first 15 minutes. I can just see it. I can see us swarming, um, swarming Bradford. I, I think the most Wrexham thing would be to go 1-0 down in the first sort of five minutes, but then win 3 or 4-1. I think that maybe, would just be maybe. so of us at the moment. but And you make a good point there. Write Wrexham off at your peril. Like we keep on saying, there's this perception we're in, we're in crisis. We're fourth at the bloody table, man. And often losing games just... I know it's not happened in the last two weeks, but so often that losing games is when we just go on these mad runs and we just have that incentive. And for some of these Wrexham players, for a lot of the Wrexham players... They will be at the lowest now they've ever been as a Wrexham player because they just didn't have any lows last season. They've hardly had any this season. So they will be desperate to put things right. Rich, we've got a team of winners Rich, and that's what the, we're going to do this weekend. Rich, the mate. thing is, is that this is such a pivotal month that they can flip the narrative entirely. If we go out and get, so we've got four away games, if we can go out and get 10 points from those or 12 points... The whole narrative flips. Suddenly, you go into March where you've got, you know, and suddenly we probably end the month for like the best away for Right. So what I'm, like, what I'm saying is, it, what the hell are you what I'm saying about? is, it can yeah. change quick, and that's why February is 
make up is make or break really because I put out tweets in how many points do you think we'll get and people were coming back six out of the next five games six points out of the next five it's games so, it's so easy to be negative I know I know but I, we got so much like that those six oh I'd like ten but maybe seven you know, Wrexham have got the ability to get fifteen if they want it's their forum and it's on these I remember, players and I remember you yeah got I was gonna say I remember you posting one of those last season, and I just remember Greg Mullen replying saying 15. Right. <laughs> it was like, what we're going to get for the next five games? Like, of course we're going to get 15. We're excellent. We're, we're going to do it. It, it can happen. I think it's we right there it for cause... them. And, and what I would say is, it's, you know, there was a lot of chance at Parky and make a change and all that. You know, there's professional pride on the line here for these players. Like you say, losing, what, three games in a row in most clubs is, is something that will happen maybe a couple of times a season. Wrexham hasn't happened for 90, 100, whenever it is. I don't, I don't even have the stat to hand, but a long, long time. And some of these players have never experienced that. There'll be professional pride on the line there. And some of these players are playing for contracts. Ben Tozer, Aaron Hayden, Jordan Tonega, people like that are playing for contracts. And that there is no greater incentive than going out and performing it. And I think, I know you said it would be typical Wrexham to go one or down. I think we're going to come out like caged animals against Bradford. I really do. What about Sutton then? Will we be like cage animals against them? That's the that's the compelling one, isn't it? Gandhi Green Lane. It's a <sighs> difficult place to go, in in the sense that you don't want to be going there on a Saturday, never mind a Tuesday night. Have you of ever course, been? Sutton are rock. No, I never went. Oh mate, never I, went. I've been a few um, times. I've been a few times. I watched us. Um, I watched us there when Scott Quigley and Scott Bowden were up front. I think we drew one all. Scott Quigley scored, and I thought Scott Quigley was going to win the Ballon d'Or, um, because he was so good. S- Sutton are, t- are sort of 23rd in the league right now. Do you want to know something ominous? Only two teams have a worse home record than Sutton this season. Who are- Forest Green Rovers right. and Salford City. Oh, right. Great, great, great. That bodes well. That bodes really well. Um, and the other memory I've got from Sutton that Rich just remembered was when I think was it Luke Summerfield got a straight red card. I know because it was yeah, raining. I remember. And we lost, I think, 3 0 or something. I don't know. I seem to remember the COVID season. We drew nil-nil with them, and it was on BT Sport. And for some reason, I think it was Sean Pearson almost scored the winner for us right at the death. All I remember is that one where it was a straight red card. I got soaked. I was a drowned rat. And then I had to go and do a night shift at work. I think Anthony Joshua was fighting. It was just the most miserable day known to man, and I vowed never to go back. So to sort of paraphrase Homer Simpson, the most miserable miserable day following Wrexham so far. Right, exactly. It exactly. can always get worse. It can, it can always, always get worse. It hasn't got worse actually since then, even as bad as Saturday was at Salford. So um, I'm not going to be there. I know lots of people who are going to be there um, just with the move. It just well, it wasn't possible for me to get there, but I'll be watching along. It's a big one. I think we'll go... What are you saying? Six. I think yeah, we'll go six these to six. Next two games? Six, six, mate. Six. Okay. I think, look, like you said, the Salford one felt potentially a bit of a nadir that in the season in that I, I felt it was worse than Accrington. I felt it was worse than Walsall. I felt it, I feel was, it was worse. I feel it was worse because we'd already seen it so many times before. You At the time of them happening, you could almost paint Accrington or Walsall being like, oh, they're one-offs. So they don't happen. But now we've seen so often that that is just what Wrexham are like in a lot of these away games. I see what you're saying, but I, I do just think... Salford just was worse. I felt like we really did just get bullied in every position. Evans yeah. wasn't that. So I... And of course, Nath, again, 
to bring it full point is we talk about consistency. Sometimes teams just have a, an off day and that's fine. That, that, Every team's hey, got to have off days. You're saying we don't turn. So you're saying, you're saying neither you or I turn up to work and have a, an off day. I mean, I'm all the Lots time. Lots of people would say that our off days are usually when we're recording this podcast. Right. We sort of have an off hour. This might be our off hour, mate, maybe. Um, but I think that Bradford, I think, will win and we'll have the confidence back. And I think, I don't know, at Sutton, I fancy, I don't know, I fancy a, a revived Ollie Palmer, maybe. To come back and sort of do what he did did against Dagenham. I remember I was writing us off a little bit when we went to Dagenham. I was going back through our Instagram highlights and I saw that I was there in the stand saying, "Oh, we might get one one." I hope you're more optimistic than me. And then we went and blew them away. And Cannon looked like Andrea Perlo in midfield, and Palmer was very very motivated. So, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of players chomping at the bit to play. Hey, I'm going to say this now. We got a, a tweet this week about what's going on with Jordan Davis. I think there's a moment left this season where Jordan Davis has another Salford, where he has a moment that is huge in, you know, whether it's away at Sutton or whether it's at home to Mansfield, I don't know how much he's going to play, but I'm going to say right now that I think Jordan Davis has got a moment in him that is going to be absolutely huge. There's going to be a huge, you know, it's going to have real importance for us between now and the end of the season. You heard it here first, Jordan, you heard it here first (laughs) as well. So we shall wait and see what actually happens. Um, yeah, six from six to cure the travel sickness then. That's what Naif is saying. As always, you can get in touch with us, Rob Ryan Red on all the socials, robryanred at gmail.com. And you guessed it, robryanred.com as well. There's a contact us button on there. Thank you very much, Naif, once again, for being on the pod. Thank you very much. I've done a great job, I think. I'm going to pat myself on. I think I've done a great job of being positive on this podcast and i've definitely not ranted really? at all. i feel like i've done a good job people will let me know if i haven't but i feel like i've done a pretty good job of lifting the mood I th- I, do you i think it's been quite negative <laughs> but yeah we'll let you we'll let you know what you think uh, let us know what you think in the comments below as always I and mean, you get those on spotify as well as as on the actual sort of social platforms we'll be posting this once again Thank you very much to Red 10 People Development. You can read about them on our website, the great work they're doing. Thank you so much for for keeping the podcast going. Massive shout out. As always, you know them, Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. They produce the music. They let us use that to interject. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week, six from six. You heard it here first. Take care. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.